are listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and I'm your host, Jason Cook. Today we have in the studio in Hobart, Peter Watts. How are you, Peter? I'm really well, Jason. Uh, good to uh, be with you and our listeners too. Yeah, it's good to have you here. And uh, today we'll be continuing on with your series titled Searching for Certainty. But uh, before we get into that, let's just catch up on a few things. Um, Peter, we've got a special project that uh, is operating around the state at the moment mm. called the Livemore Project. And uh, there's various locations that that's going to be happening. We know that uh, you're the pastor at both Rosny and Glenorchy Seventh-day Adventist Churches, and uh, we're operating programs from both lo- those locations as well. Yeah. Um, so we we can give our listeners a code that they can text in and get more information about that. So I'll give you that uh, right now. It's uh, The number is 0488-880-891, and the code to text in is LIVEMORE. So 0488 891 and the code word is live more one word so if you text in us that we will get you the details to those programs and the dates and when you can register and where and all that sort of stuff they're, they're very beneficial everybody wants to live happier and healthier and um you know lifestyle medicine's becoming ever more popular and uh, this certainly is in that that area i think people will benefit greatly from it yeah sure now uh, just as well that uh, just including uh, that number 0488 if you want to text us any queries or questions you have throughout the show, you can. And later in the show, we'll also have an offer that we'll be uh, detailing throughout the program. So, Peter, um, tell us a little bit about what's uh, been happening this week or tell us something interesting about yourself or just tell us something before we get into our <laughs> well, serious right. stuff. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, sometime during this series, Jason, I'll, I'll talk about uh, my journey of faith and how I sort of came to be here. But I, I sort of mentioned before that uh, I come from the UK and I guess one of the things, you know, coming from the UK um, – uh, Australians will call it soccer, but it's football in in England, and uh, football is very very popular, and it's very tribal, and it's very um, yeah very important to to a lot of communities in the UK. And I used to be a season ticket holder for Aston Villa Football Club. Right and now, um, now when you're talking about football, you're talking about soccer, aren't correct? You? Yeah, not not, right. not our football, uh, proper football, yeah, <laughs> proper football. Okay, you you might have some competition. Turn, turn with off that, all uh, the listeners with that one. <laughs> But no, I, I mean, you know, the the uh, the passion for that. I mean, I, you know, you would get to the ground uh, when I, when I was a teenager. I'd get to the ground when the the gates opened, and you'd be there all day. And you, you know, I remember queuing overnight around the ground, sleeping overnight, waiting for the ticket office to open to get a ticket for a certain game. I remember going on a bus for a day and a half to get to Milan, Italy, to watch the team play, lose 3-0, and then get on a bus and come back for a day and a half again. So, you know, um, yeah, so that's that's something from my background in the past, but... um, yeah, I'll share a little bit more of my story, I guess, as we go through. Yeah, sure. And uh, this week in the news, Peter, I think uh, you want to share something. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, there's always always seems to be a lot of bad news when they check, check the news bulletins. I check the websites uh, pretty much every day just seeing what the news is, and that's where I get my, my news content. Of course, the Middle East conflict has flared up again, and um, this conflict between Israel's military and Palestine's militants um, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of misery, a lot of bloodshed, a lot of destruction. 
Um, and it sort of touches on our topic because, we're, you know, today we're talking about does God exist, does my life matter? And, you know, the, the people involved in this conflict would all claim to believe in the God of Abraham, right? Mm, whether yep. they are Muslims, Christians, or Jews. Mm. Um, certainly, um, Benjamin Netanyahu is the Prime Minister of Israel. He's certainly a believer in the uh, God of the Old Testament. And, um, yeah, and I think people look at those kind of situations and, you know, uh, how can you do that to other human beings? How can how can it get to this? Can't we have a, a conversation around a table without blowing each other up? Mm. Um, and I think uh, people look at that, and it does uh, put people off a picture of God. But I think I was talking to somebody um, last night, in fact, uh, over dinner and, and saying, um, you know, uh, certainly there have been religious wars. Certainly uh, religion has, um, you know, been the at, the at the core of a lot of atrocities that have occurred. Mm. Um, but just because that is the case, just because bad religion exists or bad pictures of God exist, does not mean that there can't be a better picture of God or a, a, a more genuine uh, kind of religion. And, and I sort of uh, equated it to marriage. You know, sometimes we have um, <coughs> bad marriages or we have marriages that have a lot of conflict in them. But that doesn't mean to say that all marriage is bad and that you can't have a good marriage. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. So, yeah. And, and of course, a lot of the uh, the wars and things that have been fought in the past um I guess uh, we wouldn't agree with them, you know, That's in, right. in terms of our belief sure. and our understanding of God. Yeah. But, uh, Just because yeah. somebody in the name of God does something doesn't, doesn't mean, mean that, that it was actually in the name. Correct. It wasn't godly. Correct. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so today's uh, title of uh, our, our talk today is called Does My Life Matter? Mm. Um, so before we go to the break, we've got a few minutes to get into that. So I yep. think we should do that. All right. Well, see, um, one of the other items I just noticed in the in the news was um, China has landed a rover on Mars and it's just sent back its first pictures. And so, of course, the US have uh, been doing that for a while, but China has now landed a rover on Mars. And this is part and parcel of our search for life in the universe um, and you know I remember a Time magazine cover um, a few years back and it said on the cover is anyone anybody out there okay is anybody out there and the question really is are we alone in the universe yeah um, we're talking about does God exist we're talking about the meaning of life we're talking about you know what what is the reason that human beings are here is there any purpose is there any meaning and that's part and parcel of today's program Funnily enough, in uh, March 2019, National Geographic put out a magazine and their front cover said, we are not alone. They definitively answered the question um, as far as they were concerned, even though their subtitle was scientists say there must be other life in the universe. Here's how they're searching for it. Mm. So they're searching for it, even though they're declaring openly, we are not alone. And it's based on the odds. I mean, there are trillions of stars in the universe and uh, they're saying, well, we, you know, if we arrived here by accident, uh, you know, even if there was no designer, then there must be must be the possibility that it happened so, by accident somewhere yeah, else. Even though the uh, the likelihood of us arriving here by accident is very low, mm. the, the reality is the universe is is so hugely vast, vast yeah. and therefore. It and so have, yeah. they're pointing their radio telescopes out there and, and looking for for that life, mm. because they're, they're, it, it's it's a philosophical thing as well as a scientific thing. They're they're wanting to know. 
what is our what is our place in the universe? What do we, what does it really mean? And when you separate that from a belief in God, then then you're 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 searching for other other ways to explain that. Mm. Um, there's a, a news article in 2013 on on BBC News, and it was about uh, well the headline said UK astronomer to coordinate their uh, astronomers to coordinate their search for uh, for alien signals. And um, some of our listeners may be uh, familiar with there was an American program called SETI which was the search for extraterrestrial intelligence mm-hmm. uh, where we're basically looking we're listening out in the universe for coded signals to see whether there's any intelligent life out there uh, this article says British scientists are to make a concerted effort to look for alien life among the stars the scientists believe it is time UK effort was properly coordinated and here's the quote there are billions of planets out there it would be remiss of us not to at least have half an ear open to any signals that might be being sent to us mm. and i thought that was interesting because this is really part and parcel about of what this show is about searching for certainty mm. is it possible that god might be sending us signals from out there that we should be turning at least half an ear to uh, you know, maybe he sent the signals in a different way to the way we're listening. Maybe yeah. he's being more explicit than that. Mm. And we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that. There's a contrast, if you like, because um, in the search for extraterrestrial intelligence out there, we're saying, you know, any day now we'll pick up a tiny coded signal. Then we'll know for certain that there is intelligence out there because coded information does not arise by chance. But on the other hand, we're looking by via the microscope at DNA and we might say, well, the precisely coded information in each cell would fill many books, but we know for certain that no intelligence created light. Yeah. So in other words, we're looking for intelligent coded information. Out in the universe. Out in the universe. <laughs> when within our very cells, we, see we it. have we observe it. complex mm. coded information mm. that are the building blocks for life. Mm. And we don't recognise that as... You know, the creator, and this is going back to the design argument, but uh, the point is that um, we are looking for meaning. If we, once we've sidelined God, we're looking for meaning elsewhere. What do our lives really mean? Um, We'll talk about, uh, as I mentioned before, we are going to do uh, a program specifically on creation evolution because um, I was a molecules to man evolutionist growing up. Um, and there are some things that I believe about evolution and some things I don't believe about evolution. We'll talk about that in that program. Um, but, of course, evolution was popularised by Charles Darwin, the English naturalist. Um, he produced a, a, a book, The Origin of Species, of course. But the actual full title is The Origin of Species by Means of Natural Selection or The Preservation of Favoured Races in the Struggle for Life. That was the title of his book in 1859. And he said this, uh, interestingly enough, he says, The horrible doubt always arises whether the convictions of man's mind, which has been developed from the minds of lower animals, are of any value or at all trustworthy. In other words, what he's saying, well, he goes on, he says, Would anyone trust the convictions of a monkey's mind if there are any convictions in such a mind? He wrote this um, in a letter to, to a friend. So he's basically saying, if, if this was all a cosmic accident, if this was just by chance, all by itself, and this is just a random series of events that are unconnected and undirected, um, how can we trust that our 
uh, ability to rationalise and to have a reasonable conversation has any intelligence to it. Mm. Um, that's his point. Yeah. And uh, somebody, uh, Paul Davies, Professor Paul Davies, picked up on this point um, He, in his uh, book, God for the 21st Century. He says, science is based on the assumption that the universe is thoroughly rational and logical at every level. Atheists claim that the laws of nature exist reasonlessly and that the universe is ultimately absurd. As a scientist, I find this hard to accept. There must be an unchanging rational ground in which the logical orderly nature of the universe is rooted. Uh, and he's, you know, he's saying this uh, relatively recently, oh, that was two, year 2000, but the point is if you look at the fathers of modern science, people like Isaac Newton and others, they did believe in God and they explored the universe and the world around them. In that context. Expecting yeah. to find a rational background mm. to being able to uh, investigate the, the universe. Mm. Yeah, interesting, and uh, I, I guess that's that's the the window with which we look through, isn't it? That um, you know we can we can either look through a window that doesn't want to see a designer or a god, we can look through a window that uh, acknowledges or is actually searching for that, and uh, can produce uh, quite a different um, understanding of why we're here. Mm. Um, let's go to a break. Uh, our first song is uh, a song that's a beautiful song. It was originally uh, by Casting Crowns, but this version's by Sandra Enterman. It's called Who Am I? Who am I that the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name would care to feel my hurt that the bright and morning star would choose to light the way for my ever wandering heart. Not because of who I am, but because of what you've done. Not because of what I've done, but because of who you Today and gone tomorrow A wave tossed in the ocean A vapor in the wind Still you hear me when I'm calling Lord, you catch me when I'm falling And you told me who I am I am yours see my sin would look on me with love and watch me rise again who am I that the voice that calmed the sea would call out through the rain and calm the storm in me not because of who I am but because of what you've done Not because of what I've done But because of who you are I am 
by Sandra Entman. So uh, just before we get back into the uh, content, Peter, I just want to listen, uh, mention to our listeners The Power of Hope is our book uh, giveaway today. Mm-hmm. And you can text us in later. I'll give you the code 0488880891 if you want to make a note of that number. You can text us in a code, which I'll give you a little bit later in the program, The Power of Hope. It's a good book, and I'll tell you a bit more about that soon. Now, we've been talking with Peter Watts on uh, Faith FM, Tassie Encounters, and we've been talking about meaning, life, uh, I guess where we get our meaning from from in life, and our worldviews in regards to how we see the world, how we see different things. So uh, we're going to continue this discussion now on this concept of deriving meaning. Mm. So, uh, you know, obviously our worldview uh, influences greatly how we see uh, everything pretty much um, and certainly how we see the value of life. So, for instance, you know, if if, uh, I was in a situation where I could only save my son or my dog, which should I choose, you know? 
Um, and, you know, we would hope that most people would say, I'm going to save my son, mm. you know, um, that we would expect that. Why? Because we ascribe greater value to humanity than we do to animals. We do, but why? Um, exactly. And, and, and why do we do that? Um, because, obviously, if we live in a purely material universe where we're nothing but um, matter and energy, uh, you know, my life shouldn't have any greater value than a rock. Uh, you know, the, 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 because who imposes that value? It's just a subjective thing. So, you know, you go down to the supermarket and you can buy a leg of lamb, you can buy a leg of ham, but you can't buy a leg of Sam, mm. um, you know, because we would... Th- thank goodness. <laughs> we, we would be horrified by that, right? We would. Um, so we don't ascribe the same value to dogs, chickens, cows, insects as we do to human and there's a, there's a reason for that and um largely that reason comes from a a um a worldview that is informed by a, a belief in right and wrong as we talked about last week in morality and a belief that there's a god who actually um sort of overrules that right and wrong in other words there's a there's a higher level of uh, morality and value above me and you hmm. that that um, we we should conform to so without that of course you could really say well well anything goes yeah. um, and and there are people who are pursuing that sort of um, I guess thinking in terms of uh, their lifestyle and you know people who say protect the life of animals they don't want to eat meat sure. because it's it's to do with killing yeah. and uh, therefore they're putting a higher value on on the life of other things than what previously some mm-hmm. have yeah. um yeah i'm not trying to devalue other living things i'm just no. trying to i guess recognize the fact that in our culture um we we, we, we have place a, a higher value we on do have a, yeah we do it's just it's just the way our society is for sure yeah. so so uh, the the i guess um the the uh worldview that doesn't include god we would call that the atheist worldview and it's a worldview i used to hold um you know you have proponents of sometimes they're called the new atheists of the last 30 years people like christopher hitchens richard dawkins sam harris uh, Christopher Hitchens uh, uh, is, uh, has passed away now, but um, these uh, and others uh, have been prominent voices in in what is called the new atheism. And, and what's new, interestingly enough, is it's not that they've advanced any particularly new arguments in the last 50 years. This, the arguments they're using are pretty much the same old arguments that have been used for atheism for centuries. Um, however, what is new about the new atheists is they say that uh, atheism, their, their message about atheism is that it's, it's less costly to the society. In other words, if we take God out of the society, not only will society not get any worse, but it actually might improve. Mm, now, interesting. On this topic, I, I listened to a very short top uh, snippet, but also a uh, discussion uh, on Faith FM earlier in the week right. with uh, Lyle and Lawson. Mm. And they were talking about Richard Dawkins, who'd made this statement that basically he thought that we'd be better off as a society if everyone with uh, Down syndrome was terminated wow. You know, prior to birth. I have a friend. I have a number of friends who are Down syndrome. Yeah. And so, you know, that, that interview, that discussion with him, uh, he was basically saying we'd be happier, you know, society would be happier, um, he wasn't 100% certain about it, but, mm. you know, that was the way he was thinking. Mm. And, the, and, the, and I, I just wonder, you know, whether this is the direction that 
this new atheist or atheist atheistic approach devalues certain lives absolutely right so i mean we'll talk about that in terms of the the value of human life Mm. in a minute as well but uh, so the new atheists they believe it's less costly to to society in other words our society won't get worse uh it it may stay the same but it may even improve Mm. if you take religion or god out of the picture Mm. um another way in which the new atheism is different is it's far more aggressive than atheism of the past. Atheism of the past was like a philosophical conversation. We could, um, you know, debate the whys and wherefores and we could, um, you know, happily smile and, you know, have lunch together afterwards or whatever. But the new atheism is uh, quite aggressive in its its uh, pushing, uh, wanting to push God out of the society and out of the culture. Mm. And thirdly, it targets Christianity more than any other religion. And I actually think that perhaps that's because Christianity is a more rational and reasonable um, faith. Uh, and we'll talk more about that as we go on, in, particularly in next week's program, I think. Um, and, and it's interesting that, they, that that's where they focus most of their attention. Um, in, uh, in the book um, by Josh McDowell called Maud and the Carpenter, he, he writes, Existentialist, that's a, he was an atheist, Albert, Albert Camus, uh, of a century ago, uh, existentialist Albert Camus admitted that the death of God meant the loss of purpose, joy, and everything that makes life worth living. Now, this is an atheist who believes that that's their worldview, but he's saying that because if you take God out of the picture, because God doesn't exist, then it meant the loss of purpose, joy, and everything that makes life worth living. That's quite an uh, That's a big statement. That's it's a, big, a statement. big statement. And this is for somebody who's an atheist. Yeah, and, and so, yeah, I'd, I'd love to unpack that a little yeah, bit in yeah, terms yeah. of, uh, you know, w- why he came up with that statement, but, yeah. Yeah, well, John Hort, um, he wrote a book called The God and the New Atheism, and he uh, basically is referring to some of the work uh, by the likes of Dawkins and Hitchens uh, and so forth. He says, the new softcore atheists assume that by dint of Darwinism, we can just drop God like Santa Claus without having to witness the complete collapse of Western culture, including our sense of what is rational and moral. At least the hardcore atheists, and we were talking about uh, Albert Camus before, at least the hardcore atheists understood that if we are truly sincere in our atheism, the whole web of meanings and values that were had clustered around the idea of God in Western culture has to go down the drain along with its organizing center. And so bef- so if we are living in a purely material universe with no God, we're just a bag of chemicals. You know, I could punch you on the nose and there's nothing right or wrong about that. It's just a bag of chemicals connected with another bag of chemicals. There is no moral framework. Um, so, you know, love is something that we humans put a lot of value on, right? We love our mothers. We love our children, you know. Um, we fall in love. And yet um, love, from this perspective, is no more than a biological a chemical, chemical, re- reaction. chemical reaction. So it's no, no better than indigestion, hmm. right? Hmm. So, you know, th- because there's no value, to, to any of this and this is what they're they're really talking about and so our worldview does have a great impact on the way we uh, see our culture and our society we also mentioned that our belief in god or otherwise influences the way we see pretty much everything it influences the way we've seen human life we've talked about the difference of the way we see human life and 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 um 
animal life. You mentioned before um, about Down syndrome children and so forth. Um, it influences how we see abortion. Yeah, is abortion? You know, if we're going to get uh, you know get rid of the uh, termites, right, that are eating our house, we'll just exterminate them. Mm. Or why not get rid of kids we do get in the way? You mm. know, we talked a couple or, of weeks ago about that any, story. Or anyone for that matter. Or and anyone whether that gets it be in my way. the elderly who can't contribute, you know, to society in some people's view, yeah. or to the to the disabled, to right. whoever. Yeah. yeah, euthanasia. You know, why not get rid of those who aren't contributing as much to society as we mm. think they, they should? Yeah. Do they have value? Mm. Um, a worldview... Uh, you know, where God is involved. Now, again, it depends on your view of God and, and what picture of God you have. But uh, I was an atheist. I'm now a theist. And the God that I do believe in is a God that uh, values every human life uniquely. Mm. And so um, that influences how I'm going to treat people if I think there's a God who cares about me, but he also cares about the other person just as much as he cares about me, mm. and therefore I should care about them too. Yeah. Um, Peter, I think we need to go to a break. All right. um, just before we do, I'll just give you a little bit more information about the book from today. It's called The Power of Hope, and I'll just read you a bit of the synopsis. It says, while most people, oh, sorry, the subtitle is Overcoming Depression, Anxiety, Guilt, and Stress. While most people recognize that exercise and a balanced diet will help our well-being and improve health, what should we do when illness is not located in one specific part of the body? Have you ever felt crushed by numerous commitments or been able to deal with everything on your to-do list? Had to face the feeling of guilt in, in the struggle against an addiction? or wanted to throw in the towel and flee to a desert island. You are not alone. Okay, so this is what this uh, book's about. It's going to give us the power of hope. It will teach you how to experience a meaningful, successful life, discover the answers that will lead to a path of peace, restoration, and healing. Discover the power of hope. So that's our, our giveaway today. We'll give you the code in the next segment. But uh, before we do, we'll just now go to a song, and this is called Belovedness by Sarah Crozier. You own your fear and all your self-loathing You own the voices inside of your head You own the shame and reproach of your failure It's time to own your belovedness
beautiful song it's time to own our belovedness really talks about the fact that god actually has a special uh, love for us and and uh, a meaning and a purpose for us in our life so um we're talking about uh, the value of life peter in terms of uh you know is one life more important than another mm. and uh we're going to continue this the discussion now sure. i think you've got a couple of more things that you want to uh well, yeah. today. Like I said, our, our belief in God or otherwise influences the way we see everything. Human life, other human life, um, it influences uh, all, all sorts of things. But it also, even the environment around us, you know, um, if we, if the world has been evolving over billions of years and so forth, and we're, like you say, we're, we're a blip in time, then uh, extinctions have happened in the past. Extinctions might be happening now. Um, well, they are happening now. Mm. Um, and why, why, why save the whale? Why save the koala? Why save the trees? Mm. Um, well, what, what is it that's intrinsic in us mm. that wants us, that right. makes us want to save those things? We want to conserve. The con- yeah. cons- conservation, right, is actually a natural flow out of a picture. Well, God created the world. He gave man the ability to care for the environment. And everything, all life has value. Yeah, you know, we, correct. We, we recognize that. Correct. Yeah. God, God tells us that human life has value, but animal life has value. The planet has value. Mm. And so um, it, it, it's a different, you know, if you have a purely materialistic worldview, it does beg the question, well, why should we care for the environment? Why should we try to preserve things which have only, you know, come into existence and then go into extinction? extinction you know there's no sort of rhyme nor reason for it i I wanted to talk a little bit too uh jason about the fact that this is actually a battle this philosophy battle of whether god exists or not uh is is uh, a battle and it does um have a great importance um connected to it um richard lewinton who was a uh, an evolutionary biologist 
Uh, he, he wrote in an article, Billions and Billions of Demons, and he's actually uh, an evolutionary biologist. He says this. He says, we take the side of science in spite of the po- uh, patent absurdity of some of its constructs, in spite of its failure to fulfill many of its extravagant promises of health and life, in spite of the tolerance of the scientific community for unsubstantiated just-so stories, because we have a prior commitment, a commitment to materialism. It is not that the methods and institutions of science somehow compel us to accept a material explanation of the phenomenal world, but on the contrary, that we are forced by our prior adherence to material causes to create an apparatus of investigation and a set of concepts that produce material explanations no matter how counterintuitive, no matter how mystifying to the uninitiated. Moreover, that materialism is absolute, for we cannot allow a divine foot in the door. So... Who's this guy? So Richard Lewinton, he's um, a an evolutionary biologist, and wow. he's writing in an article um, about uh, a book that um, Carl Sagan wrote in 1997 called The Demon Haunted World, Science as a Candle in the Dark mm. by Carl Sagan. And basically Sagan was an evolutionist, and he was writing, um, I guess, in, a po- in opposition to su- superstition, yeah. essentially. So... That last statement, mm. just read that again. Moreover, the mater- that materialism is an absolute, for we cannot allow a divine foot in the door. So if we're looking at this reasonably and intelligently, <clears throat> right, we're searching for certainty, mm. then we want to s- see all the evidence on the table, right? Mm. So if there is evidence that points in the direction to a supernatural higher being that we might call he God, can't, he can't accept he's saying it. that's not allowed. It's not allowed because it just can't Correct. be. Yeah. And this is, this is the it's- philosophical challenge that we face is, as a person who was an atheist... Uh, I would have said, I'm open to the evidence. Hmm. You know, I, I would have said that even though I was an atheist. I would have said, I'm open to the evidence. Um, and, you know, I just didn't know there were, was any evidence. Hmm. Uh, but but he's saying we can't even, if, if it's anything of a supernatural na- nature, we have to it dismiss has it. to be dismissible yeah. because we're only interested in the material hmm. universe. And so I think so it predetermines the outcome. Correct, mm. and that's very important. So, like, yeah, if you're if you're wanting to have an investigation as to whether the supernatural exists, mm. then you have to allow for the possibility that the supernatural exists because mm. that's what you're investigating. Mm. If you've ruled that out already, then uh, you're limiting your investigation. Mm. It's interesting. Um, centuries ago, uh, there was a scientist, a mathematician, Blaise Pascal. He lived in the 17th century. And uh, he actually came to a belief in God based upon mathematics. And um, he had something to say about this. So um, he said, God, sometimes this is described as Pascal's wager. Yes. Basically, if you're going to gamble on whether God exists or not, he's saying this is why you should gamble as though God exists. Okay. So he says God either exists or he doesn't, which Mm -hmm. I think is fair enough. It's not like... God exists Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. There's there's only two options. He either two options. Exists or God he either exists or he doesn't. Based on the testimony of general revelation, nature, and special revelation, which he called the Bible, it is safe to assume that God does in fact exist. It is abundantly fair to concede that there is at least a 50% chance mm-hmm. that God exists. Therefore, since we stand to gain eternity and thus infinity, the wise or safe choice is to live as though he does exist. If we are right, we gain everything and lose nothing. If we are wrong, we lose nothing and gain nothing. And so he, he basically um, 
decided that he was going to uh, explore Christianity and become a, a believer in God based on the odds. On the odds, yeah. Uh, that the reality is, you know, I gain to stand to gain if if it's true. Um, George Harrison talking about uh, this quest for life. You know, the, the the series we're doing here is called Searching for Certainty and. George Harrison, one of the Beatles, he, um, he said this when he was alive. He said, for every human there is a quest to find the answer to why I am here. Who am I? Where did I come from? And where am I going? For me, that became the most important thing in my life. Everything else is secondary. And I think for many people, they have those same questions. Those are the mm. big questions of life. And I think that, uh, you know, Retreating to a purely material universe just doesn't answer those questions. It doesn't. It doesn't satisfy the human heart. There seem to be some people who are okay with that. And I'm not sure how how they come to that realisation that it's okay just to not know what the meaning is or whatever. But um, it makes me wonder if deep down there is something that they're sort of blocking out. Because for me, I I need to know you know who i am what what my purpose is what am i doing here where am i going you know mm-hmm. for me that's really important uh it, i think it's built into everyone but i think some people manage to block it out and sort of pretend that there is doesn't really matter i don't care if i don't know what happens when i die or whatever one of one of the things you mentioned about the power of hope which is our free book offer mm. uh, for this week and um maybe you want to just give out the number while we're here yeah that's zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one and after the next song we will give you the code sure okay so um in that book you were talking about um you know uh Anxiety and depression are at all-time highs in mm. the Western world. Why is that? Yeah. And I think um, there's one of the things that um, I get from uh, a relationship with God and a belief in God is peace of mind. Peace of mind, yeah, absolutely. Peace of mind. And that is related to where did I come from, why am I here, how should I live and where am I going. Yeah. You, you have peace of mind about those things, mm. and I think that makes a great deal of difference. Mm. Yeah. We talked. Uh, are we going to a break yet? Or? We, we need to go to a break. All so right, we'll come back, uh, we'll come back and we'll wrap up with a few other things. All right. So uh, yeah, this um, next song is "Called Me Higher." Talks about having a purpose. I could just sit. I could just sit and wait for all your goodness. Hope to feel your presence. And I could just stay. I could just stay right where I am and hope to feel you, hope to feel something again. Mm. And I could hold on, I could hold on to who I am and never let you change me from the Save here in your arms and never leave home Never let these walls down But you have called me higher You have called me deeper And I'll go where you will lead me, Lord You have called me higher You have called me deeper And I'll go where you will lead me, Lord Will you lead me? 
that was called Me Higher by All Sons and Daughters. Now, before the break, I promised a code, and that code is SEARCH1. So it's SEARCH and the number one, no spaces. You can text in SEARCH1 number one to 0488880891. That's 0488880891. So we're back with Peter here. We've got a few minutes to wrap up our segment. Mm. There's been some interesting stuff that we've been talking about. Sure. So uh, let's uh, let's um, get into this last uh, few topics that you want to talk about. Sure. So we've been talking about um, the meaning that is brought to our life by having a belief in God. And so um, we've been talking about these two, two worldviews, atheism or theism, and, um, you know, there are a lot of popular programs on the telly like um, Who Do You Think You Are? Um, another one's called Find My Family or Long Lost Family. And it's um, bringing people together who are family members. And so if you're thinking about uh, who do you think you are, these are people you've never met, but you want to know where you came mm. from. You want to know who your great-grandfather was or whatever it may be. People seem to drive a lot of meaning from you, who their ancestors were. It's about identity. Yeah. Who are you? Mm. Who do you think you are? Um, and our identity is tied in with our origin. Yeah. And obviously, ultimately, uh, either we are derived from a, a, a blob in a primordial soup or we're derived from an ape-like creature or we're actually created. specially created by mm. a father. The Bible calls God a father. Mm. And, uh, you know, a lot of and people, I think a lot of people crave a father-child relationship. And sometimes uh, we, we have wonderful relationships with the fathers and sometimes we have dreadful relationships with our fathers and sometimes we have no relationship with our father here on earth mm. but god is saying i want to be that father to you mm. and um i think that um when we have that uh, understanding that god is um our father then it makes a great deal of difference to our peace of mind and and it and it says uh, that we were created in his image and i know that's a whole another topic whole of another discussion topic. but that in itself has some has some power to it in terms of the Absolutely. fact that we're not the just created, we but we're actually created in a particular way yeah. in, in we'll, connection with God. We'll talk a little more about that when we do the creation evolution yeah. uh, program in in a few weeks' time. I'm sort of one of the things is that we should be humble about the fact that we are limited in what we can know. Yes, right, um, and. I was reminded of this. Um, a friend of mine went to, um, I think it was Hungary, uh, just at the time when the Iron Curtain was uh, falling and that those countries were being opened up um, and to the West. And he went there and he was invited to a university there to talk for an hour on why he believed God existed. And this was this was from a communist background. This university had come from a communist background, and so they were very atheistic in their view. And he uh, he was supposed to speak for an hour, and then there was going to be another lecturer from the university who was going to speak to an hour, for an hour on atheism. Well, for whatever reason, the uh, the atheist lecturer couldn't turn up, and they said to this um, Christian apologist you know, would you be willing to talk for two hours? And he said, sure. And he starts talking to the audience for about 10 minutes. And then one of the students in the auditorium stood up and says, you're speaking as though God exists. We don't believe God exists. 
you know we 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 don't have that view and he was thinking what what am i going to say here and he said um uh, what 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 uh, what are you studying here at university? And I don't know what it was. Let's say it's chemistry. Hmm. Okay. And he said, well, how many books that have been published on the subject of chemistry this year have you uh, read? And he said, well, probably hardly any. How many books that have ever been printed on the subject of chemistry in the history of the world have you read? Well, you know, a fraction of a fraction. Well, how many books on the subject of biology have you ever read? How many books on the subject of physics have you ever read? How much, how much um, have you studied music? How many of the languages of India have you studied? Um, how many of the dynasties in China have you studied? You know, all of this. Uh, and he says, well, hardly any. And he said, well, of all the knowledge in the history of the world, would it be fair to say that you know less than 5%? And he said, sure. Yep. And he said, well, would it be fair to say that God could exist in the 95% of knowledge you admit you have no knowledge of? Mm, and okay. he had to admit that. He yeah. had to admit that, well, yeah, I guess if I have less than 5% of the, all of, I mean, we all have less than 1%, right? Yeah. Uh, a lot less than 1% of all the knowledge that has ever existed in mm, the world. Mm. We all have a lot less than 1%. Mm. We, that should humble us mm. into believing that, well, is it possible that God exists in the 99% of knowledge mm. that I have yet to encounter? Mm. And um, I was certainly in that vein. I was an atheist. I didn't believe in God. But I encountered evidence that led me to a belief in God. Um, and uh, that evidence has only grown over time. And it's really, we talked about peace of mind earlier, and it's a really important point. There's a verse in the Old Testament that says in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have, have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And mm. that's a wonderful verse because it immediately tells us that God has plans for us. It tells us he doesn't want to harm us. He wants to help us. And... Uh, you know, I think that many people would like to believe they want the evidence. And we're going to talk about the evidence in this program. I'm going to finish with one quote here from Alistair McGrath. Uh, he uh, was a lecturer. He's a lecturer at Oxford University. So was Richard Dawkins. Richard Dawkins wrote a book called The God Delusion. Well, Alistair McGrath wrote a book called The Dawkins Delusion. So you can imagine what staff meetings are like at, at Oxford. <laughs> um, but he says, Alistair McGrath says this, Although I was passionately and totally persuaded of the truth of atheism as a young man, I subsequently found myself persuaded that Christianity was a much more interesting and intellectually exciting worldview than atheism. And that's basically where I am as well. So I appreciated that. And I think, like I say, Knowing God brings me peace of mind, it brings me purpose, it means my life has meaning, and it gives me a future and a hope. Well, thank you, Peter. We are out of time. And just a reminder, our today's code word is SEARCH1 for the promotion, the book, The Power of Hope, and we've told you about that. Please text us in on 0488880891. Now, next week on Searching for Certainty, the title is Who Can You Trust? We won't talk about that now because we don't have time, but we'll look forward to that, Peter, next week, next Thursday. What are you up to this weekend, Peter? 
So this weekend I'm going to be speaking at the Rosny Seventh-day Adventist Church at 11am on the subject of Israel in prophecy. Okay, so you're welcome to come along if you're in the local area. Uh, if you're not, you can watch our live stream. Uh, just search for Rosny Seventh-day Adventist Church on YouTube. You'll find us and uh, our live stream will be there. So tomorrow uh, we have at 9 o'clock uh, David Maxwell on his series Amazing Love. He leads me. And uh, until then, we hope that your day is a good one and uh, you might be listening this afternoon in Tassie because we do broadcast at 4.30. So just enjoy the rest of your day and uh, we hope you can join us tomorrow and also next Thursday with Peter Watts.